Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harden Anderson, and I am the fitness and wellness manager at the resort at Playa Vista, and I work for Elevation Corporate Health. And in each episode of this podcast, I'm going to be having a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how to elevate yourself. It is my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little closer to becoming the best version of you. Today's episode is again sponsored by Iconic Protein, your go-to when you are on the go. Iconic Protein is grass-fed protein, and Iconic fuels the day with convenient, nutritious snacks that never compromise taste. I love this brand, and they have been a huge champion for us at the resort our Fit Expo and pop-ups, and uh, once again, they are here for you, for all of our listeners. They're giving you 15% off of any order. All you got to do, you got to use code ELEVATION15. Again, that is ELEVATION15, all caps, ELEVATION15. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Corporate Health, and we have, we've been in business for 26 years creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs from fitness management and online training to on-site classes and integrated technology, we help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. You can learn more about us at elevationcorporatehealth.com. The resort at Playa Vista is a 25,000 square foot state-of-the-art fitness center. It is beautiful. And 11,000 residents of Playa Vista have access to our facilities. We offer personal training, free group fitness classes, nutrition and wellness coaching, all of it on-site and online, and so much more. If you want to learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at Playa Vista Resort. Today on the show, I am so excited to welcome Pamela Price. Pamela is a true Renaissance woman. She not only is an American Ninja Warrior, a freaking American Ninja Warrior. She's a competitive trail runner. She finished first place in the Spartan SoCal in her age group in Lebec, California last year in 2019. But not only that, she's an activist for Bayshit's disease, a cause that is super close to her heart, which we get into in this episode. She's a dance teacher, and she's the vice president of LATF USA a daily lifestyle and entertainment news site, as well as the executive producer of the acclaimed annual award show, the Hollywood Beauty Awards, known as the Oscar of Beauty. I mean, it, it's just really cool. And Pamela and all, I also get into this. We've got a, a mutual friend, Emily Althouse. Some of you may know her from Orange is the New Black. She introduced us to each other. Um, Pamela is a total joy and a total inspiration. And I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation. drinking my green tea oh nice very nice um is green tea a, uh, like a go-to for you in the morning you know what you know how runners like before racing you gotta go to the bathroom 
<laughs> green tea. You need green tea. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That's good. It's all, it's all about what works for, for your body and gets you ready, right? Your digestion's, digestive system. <laughs> it's yeah, crucial. Exactly. I've, I've learned it. Yeah, there, you gotta, yeah. There's nothing worse than doing an old, you know, 30 miles and, uh, and you got to go to the bathroom. So, yeah, starting off right. <laughs> There's nothing. And we've, uh, I think that we, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. And I, I, I feel like the first thing I just want to do is I just want to give a shout out to Emily Aldhouse, right? I mean, yeah, my girl. Yeah. Oh, I love so much. Isn't she, isn't she awesome? Emily Aldhouse, she's, uh, uh, some people may have, uh, Orange is the, the New Black, right? They know her from yeah, that absolutely. and a bunch of other things, but she's awesome and she introduced us and, uh, um, when she introduced us, the idea was we'd get to run a race together. Um, and that hasn't happened yet, but soon, it, I hope soon. It still needs to happen. We wanted Emily to run with us. I know sometimes I forget that, you know, Emily is really a star and she has so many fans from Orange is the New Black and whatnot because she's, um, in Handmaid's Tale too. Right. Um, because, because she's so down to earth and she's, totally. she's actually really, you know, uh, not to tangent, but she's a really an athlete herself, but she won't admit it. She's an incredible dancer. So. She is a great dancer, and also, yeah. like I've seen her do some like kickboxing stuff. And anyways, she 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 gets it. She yeah. gets it. She gets after it. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for doing this. Like I said, um, I've uh, we just gave an awesome intro about you, and I, uh, I the thing I always like to ask everybody is um, so we get to know you. And I say this all the time. I do this when I'm hiring somebody, whatever. I just say, start at birth and go. Tell us tell us your story. Gosh, <laughs> my story. So um, I was born um, in Virginia Beach uh, to, a, to Dr. Neil Price. He's a psychiatrist and now retired. And, uh, and Karen Price, uh, who's actually now Carrie Ann, she, uh, she was a registered nurse. And um, I grew up with one sister. We always had a lot of dogs. And we moved to Maine early on. Um, which was a really fantastic place to live. Um, and that's where I found my passion for, um, for dance because I was in the Portland Ballet Company there. So I, I started dancing very early on and also cross country. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to run in Maine, but uh, it's beautiful from you know Scarborough where I'm from, Southern Maine to Farmington. Um, cross country running is a really big thing there. So. Yeah, grew up there and uh, so happy that I did. I'm happy that I grew up without Instagram and Facebook. I think if I had, I would have been like a nightmare of a human. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, um, and then, um, and also I should say, I, I always talk about donuts, by the way, on my Instagram. People are like, what are you, fueled on donuts? My first job was at a place called The Donut Shop, which was like a really small town. Scarborough main town donut shop where oh, you knew yeah. all the customers. And uh, anyway, from there, I went to college in New York City called Marymount Manhattan. Um, and I actually studied theater arts. I did not want to be an actor, but really, like, newsflash my parents are the only parents in the world that wanted me to try theater because uh -huh. I was so, like, um, animated. Uh, but, uh, but I studied art history and I was an aspiring, uh, freelance writer and journalist. And during my time at college, I lived in Paris, uh, for a bit. I wrote for a, uh, cultural lifestyle news publication there 
for expats that lived in Paris. And, um, and then when I moved uh, uh, to 2008-2009, I moved to Los Angeles and I met a woman named Michelle Elizabeth who is my, who became my mentor and really, you know, uh, very much uh, a family member as well. She was my boss. I was her assistant. She worked in public relations, very well-known publicist who came from Rogers and Cowan, which is a very uh, popular entertainment uh, PR here that uh, represents everybody from Eddie Murphy to, uh, to The Rock. And then she started her own firm. I became her assistant and we started a news site together because we were both really journalists at heart. We started uh, LATF USA as an LATV film and with the decision that it would never publish gossip. Um, so we do, you know, we do movie reviews, a lot of four home stories and whatnot. And I write a lot of fitness apparel, fitness reviews, uh, race spotlights. And, um, and then we also produce a show called the Hollywood Beauty Awards, which is like the Oscars of beauty and the daytime beauty awards, which honors science behind beauty. So here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I love the fueled on donuts and, um, yeah. cool. Um, so what's it like? Well, I want to backtrack, but what's it like, um, psychiatrist, father, registered nurse, mom that encouraged the arts. I mean, what an, an amazing, uh, like a, what a wonderful, it sounds Crazy like. Combo. A, yeah. And like a very, uh, nurturing environment to help foster you to become you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am very thankful to have grown up with parents that, uh, very open. They, I always considered them my friends. You know, if anything, my sister was more like my parent because she, you know, she, I think she was more of like, not, I don't want to say strict, but, um, but she was more had that parent authority. And my mom and my dad were always my friends and they still have authority over me. But um, it, was, it was great. I think, uh, you know, everything was on the table as far as what to talk about. Um, <clears throat> I also grew up Jewish. So when it came time to, my father's Jewish, my mother's Filipino-American, and my dad is a Jewish guy from the Bronx. And when it came time to talk about uh, being bat mitzvahed, it was like, hey, do you want to be bat mitzvahed or do you want to keep doing ballet and track? And like, of course, the kid in me was like, you should just do ballet and track. So that's what I did. And I was never bat mitzvahed. I wish now as an adult that I had done it and I still can. But, um, but that sort of gives you like, you know, a little bit of an eye into what my childhood was like. Um, I do have to say though, like on a nutrition level and donuts, uh, I sort of was able to eat whatever I wanted, which was not like, I didn't really understand the importance of vegetables until I was like 25. So. No. Well, you and me both. And I've talked to people about this. I, I think back about like high school football and athletics and it, it was literally like you finished a two a day practice. I'd go home and eat a bunch of ramen and a bowl of cereal. And like that, like, wasn't like, it's just not optimal. It's just not optimal fueling. I was like, I guess I was getting a bunch of carbs and sugar, but you know. Yeah. Do you think that's from like, that's the same with cross country because they would be like, okay, we're meeting on Friday to eat five pounds of spaghetti. <laughs> I, right. I know. And I, I, I think about that. And then like, too, as you know, like there's no study in to do carb loading correctly. You don't just eat a giant 
meal of spaghetti the night before and then hope for the best you know right. it's, it's like it's very uh it's very detailed um in terms of the amount and everything else um so true. i learned about that you know you know 36 i ended up you know meeting with a nutritionist do it and yeah. talking about you know th feeling 36 hours before right. feeling, you know even before yeah way before so um so college i want to hit on that just for a second college in new york city um did you know anybody when you're you're in Manhattan? Did you have friends? It was your family there, or was it just like I'm leaving Portland, I'm going to Manhattan, I'm just going to figure it out? No, uh, you know my sister was going to Barnard Columbia uh, already. She was uh, she was I think a junior when I came in as a freshman, and New York had always been uh, another landscape in my childhood because my father was from the Bronx and he loved the Yankees, so we were constantly in New York a lot. Um, you know, seeing shows and enjoying the restaurants there. So I knew it, but I didn't know it as an adult on my own. And, uh, and coming in, I just sort of had a whole, a whole new friends base of people that were really into the arts and people that were, you know, uh, uh, crafty and knew about cinema. And, and that was, that was a lot of fun. I think going to college in New York City, New York City is your college campus. It's not like you're going to, you know, a sorority house in, right. in you know, in the suburbs, which is also a great experience. But um, yeah, it was, I love New York a lot. What an awesome uh, college campus. And um, I've only, I've spent, the most I've ever stayed in New York was for about six weeks. And um, but I just think that like there is something about that city that once you've lived there, it's almost like you meet people here or elsewhere and you can kind of tell you're kind of on the same wavelength if you spent any time in New York City, right? Like like you just kind of you kind of there's a pace at which you move, there's just a way in which you get things done. I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. totally different. I think uh, you know, I when I moved to LA, I knew within a week that like, oh, this is where I was like meant to actually be for the rest of my life. You know, because I also lived in Paris too, which has a slower pace. But New York is just like it's like go 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 go, and then I don't know. There's just a very different energy to it. You're either into it or you're not. You know. Right. And then Paris. What would you say? You're in Paris. You're writing for a publication. Um, how old are you? Like you're 21, 20 years old, and you're in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was that like? Is there anything that like you left that and you're like, that experience taught me this? Um, you know, I think as much as I'm an extrovert, I'm actually uh, pretty much a solo human. I like to travel on my own. So being in Paris, uh, even though, again, I had that base, I had gone there as a child many times, and I was living on the floor of the son of my father's best friend. But I like never saw the sun. I just like lived on like this cardboard floor in this little studio Love in the south of Paris. Um, so I didn't know anybody. Sorry, my dog is barking. Um, I didn't know anybody. Uh, so except for the woman that I had like met on Craigslist to get my my journalist internship. And um, sorry, do you want me to shut my dog up? <laughs> no. It, it, you hear it? Is that gonna? He's, he's very excited about Paris. <laughs> yes. All right, bye. Um, so yeah, Paris is a different pace too. I remember waking up and it was like my first day writing uh, on the job for the internship and I was late and I was running to the Metro. And then I noticed that like everybody was sort of in slow motion. So right. I sort of slowed down 
And then every day after that, I noticed my publisher like didn't mind. So I was like, I guess I'll just be late every day. <laughs> That's not my thing. That's not my MO. So, um, but Paris is a beautiful city. I think that it also fueled like my artsy side, you know, meeting people. I met that I got into the breaking, uh, break dance, break dance sports scene there. Um, I met a lot of break, break dancers down by the Seine and then they introduced me to really great clubs out on the outskirts of Paris and that is like a whole other world of battling and break dance so that was I, cool I love what you said about you're an extrovert but you're a solo human I kind of think I might be the same thing and you just put it into words that I've never been able to express uh because I I, I do love people and relationships and uh, I get energy from that but at the same time I I really do go about uh my journey solo um, so yeah. that's really, really um, comfortably right like yeah. you're like you're, you're like people might look at you and be like oh you're you're you know you're alone or whatever not talking about like single or whatever yeah. but but um when are you gonna you know find a like partner or whatever and you're like oh I'm, i actually it's not content there's not really a word for it it might yeah. just be like it might be happy you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm just happy mm-hmm um tell us a little bit about um lt uh yeah latf and um the fitness reviews you do i love the uh the no gossip um talk to us a little bit about that and the beauty awards yeah uh the news site is has been going on for a while and really fuels you know we're a very small team there's michelle elizabeth who's our ceo and our founder and our publisher otis stokes is our president myself we have somebody else, Diego, on our team as well. Um, and then people that are outside writers, uh, Lucas Mirabella, who does our film reviews, who's a very talented writer. Um, we write about lifestyle, film reviews, um, you know, uh, sports and, and whatnot. And it's really become, I think, a nice news site that doesn't focus on you know on reality tv or who divorced who and of course you sacrifice traffic when you have that kind but at least you get the niche of people that you know want to know how to build a rock climb wall at home um, yes yeah so i love latf you know it's it's um also allowed me to to really fuel my journalism i, I used to do a lot of press junkets i've, I've luckily uh had a, a few quotes and movie trailers and whatnot over the years um so that's always cool for a journalist and then um hollywood beauty awards michelle had she lived with breast cancer and knew and realized when she lost her hair the importance of her hairstylist and the people that really made her feel beautiful inside and out and she's worked with makeup artists and hairstylists behind the scenes you know, for so long being a publicist. So she said, there's all these award shows for fashion, but there's not one for, for beauty, for the people that honor, you know, there's the guild, but the, there's also the person that's been doing Lady Gaga's makeup for 15 years that might not be in the union and they don't have an Oscar, an Academy Award. So we created it, built it up, and we're going into our seventh year. Uh, we hope that it's gonna happen in February. Um, and it's really become, I, I want to say it's become an institution for, um, for some really heavy hitters, you know, Rick Baker, who is a, a what is he, a seven time Academy award winning, um, SFX makeup artist. He's on our board. We have a lot of great people. 
Um, and then the celebrities come out and they always come out to honor people. Selena Gomez, Denzel Washington, Johnny Depp, and they just show up and they just want to talk about the person that made their wigs, you know, for all their movies and, and they've never, nobody knows their name. So, and then we started, sorry, Daytime Beauty Awards, which is a, a smaller uh, but necessary award show to honor the, the making of products and health and fitness, et cetera. That is so cool. I mean, anybody that uh, the time that I ever spent on set, I can tell you right now that the makeup artists and the hair people, um, you can come in and be, you can wake up that morning and not feel real great about how you were looking in the mirror and uh, they turn you into a whole other person. So, oh yeah, that's absolutely, that's cool. Um, I want to pivot now. I want to talk about um, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So you you what you were you went to the regionals and then in Los Angeles. Tell us all about this because a lot of people, especially apply this at the resort, they all know me. They're like, Rob, the Spartan races. I've done all these things, and they're like, When are you gonna be on American Ninja Warrior? And I'm like, I can't do that. Like I, that is the thing that I can't do. So I'm I'm absolutely fascinated by it. Tell us about it. That's what I said. You know, um, <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. Um, this is really crazy. I was, I only was introduced, I was always a runner and a dancer. And then I was introduced to Tough Mudder. Somebody said, you should write about Tough Mudder. Uh, this was 2017. Uh -huh. uh, and do like a, a story on it. So I did like Tough Mudder and Merrill. We partnered together and we did this whole like how to get ready for it, what to wear, etc. I did it and then I was like, oh my God, I think, I, I think I'm in love. Like, yeah, I'm in right. love. I love mud. Yeah. And, um, and, then I, and then I got into the Spartan scene, etc. And then I started to really like, you know, post about it on Instagram and that just started to be the only thing I posted about. And somebody named Diego Brissant reached out to me who did season, oh God, I want to say season seven um, of American Ninja Warrior. And he was known for having a backyard that was basically like a ninja course. Awesome. It was a ninja course. Awesome. And he invited me to train there. And I was like, oh, interesting. So cool. So I drove out to San Bernardino. Um, and, uh, and he said, after a few times we were working together, I realized it was a totally different animal, you know, running five miles doing an obstacle, a mile doing an obstacle is very different from being in a very small space and just running obstacles. Totally. And also, you know, the upper body. So Diego said, uh, you know, have you thought about Ninja Warrior? And I said, you know, I feel like it's a five-year plan. And then people started to say it. And I remember it was Halloween of, I guess, 2018. And, uh, and my friends, uh, actually, Chelsea Tyler, uh, she's Steven Tyler's daughter, and uh, John Foster, who's an actor, shout out to them, they just had a baby. Um, they said to me on Halloween night, you're gonna do American Ninja Warrior, it's gonna happen. <laughs> and then that week, I got a message from a producer that said, hey, we think that you would run the course well. Um, it was somebody working with NBC and I was like, whoa, this is nuts. This is crazy. So they said, you know, you got, I had a phone call. Um, they, they learned about my life. They learned that I had a little bit of a story that's good for TV. Um, and, and, uh, I started training. I put my video in and, uh, and then I got the call. Like I got the call like a couple weeks before, which was really rough because I didn't, I don't know if I felt mentally or physically ready and you're never fit. You know, I mean, you're always, but you're never like 
fully ready because you don't see the course until you get there anyway. So right. you don't know what you're going to do. Um, and then the night came in March. It was downpour rain. It was, uh, my call time was like 7 p.m. at a universal lot. And uh, I didn't run the course until 4 a.m. Ooh. And there was, they, we, like controversy because you know some of the steps it was the shrinking steps that's what we saw and they were a little you know slippery but i don't i'm not complaining <laughs> i'm not complaining they wiped it for me um uh it was definitely a challenge because i think an athlete is used to waking up at you know four in the morning and and at their start line by six thirty-seven, and you're out you know right and so in this case uh, it was 7 p.m. and it was downpour and we were out in the parking lot and it was cold and whatever. And then all of a sudden I was like, they're like, Christ. And I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know, and they're like, step up. And then the whole, you know, the cameras are there and everything. And all night, once we saw the shrinking steps, Diego, who became my ninja coach, had me practicing on frisbees in the parking lot, just sort of running you know, to get those steps because for about eight hours I was watching people fall, right. you know, and that, that can be hard on the mental state. Uh, I think mental state is, is like almost 90% of an athlete's performance. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So, all right. So, okay. So you get there at 7 PM, it's pouring down rain. And when you got there at 7 PM, was it one of those things where like you're called at 7 PM and you're going to shoot at 10 or you was know. it like, no, there was no heads up at all. You don't yeah. know what number you are. You have no, oh my goodness. I mean, you do know what number you are, but like, you know, there's about a hundred of us, I think, you know, yeah. after, uh, you know, they, they narrowed down from like thousands and thousands right. of athletes. And uh, I mean, I, it, it is pretty epic though. Cause when you get there, Peter, who's the producer is really cool. Like you're in on the universal lot and then you're like in this like staged you know, oh, uh, yeah. like friends looking building or whatever, this warehouse, right. there's one lamp, like one little bulb and they're just like, you're an American Ninja Warrior. Da, da, da. And then they, and then they go through the whole legal thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty tired, but that, but all the say, like the adrenaline was there and I was ready. I was like, I'm going to get this step. I'm going to get step, 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 rope. You know, then there's yeah. the rope that goes to the, um, that went to the next uh, uh, obstacle. And I was so focused on those steps and I'll watch the video over and over again. But I went, step, step, she's got it, she's got it. You can hear the audience going, yeah, 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 right? I put both feet on the last step and I lost momentum. And I grabbed the rope and I had the rope and then I was down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you're and, you know, I have to say, I was so happy that I got past the steps in a way. <laughs> right. So that was a win. That was a win. It oh, was a win. Man. It was a win. You know, it was really hard. I know a lot of women, I think it was like only one got past a certain obstacle. It was pretty, it was, it was rough, but it was really cool to see a lot of friends go through like uh, David Alvarez. He hit the button. Um, nice. He's been trying to find his sister after they were separated after adoption. So this show is like fuel for that. So, okay. Well, that's amazing. And it sounds like the whole experience going from, I can't do this to Chelsea Tyler saying you're going to be on the show to then how quickly all of that happened. I mean, that's got to make you feel really 
uh, cool, right? Like, I think those are like those challenges in life where you like, I can't do something. And then the next thing you know, you almost got to pinch yourself. And like, I just did this. I was just on yeah. the show and I got through all these steps and I couldn't have done this two months ago, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, I think it, um, yeah, it sometimes makes you think like, are things happening for a reason, you know, or are you just doing what you love and then it's all coming, it's happening, you know? I kind of think it's some of that too. A little bit of everything for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I want to pivot and have you um, talk to us about, um, okay, so you just start at the beginning, uh, we care when, Mm -hmm. uh, you just did a, I want to hear about that part of your life and your story. I believe it's 2013. You got this diagnosis, mm -hmm. uh, talk to us through that and then lead us up into, you just did a 30 mile race in five hours. I yeah. Mean, unbelievable. Are you kidding me? That's so cool. I want to hear about this whole, that's amazing. That was, that was wild. Um, yeah, it's, so I live with an autoimmune disease called Bichette's disease, which is a, it's a vasculitis disease, which means inflammation of the blood vessels. Um, and if you know anything about inflammation as an athlete, it's not good. Not um, so, uh, in 2006, uh, and I also just say like for anybody that, that will be listening or listening is that, um, think lupus and multiple sclerosis. Uh, that's very much what Bichette's disease is, um, because it's neuro and it affects all of the, the joints and whatnot. Um, in 2006, I was in college. I had a flare. Uh, it, you know, I won't go into details, but it was just not nice. And there was a lot of confusion about, you know, my blood tests were coming back negative for things that the doctor thought I had. And then we had a second opinion and it was just very painful because you were like, what's going on with my body? And it just sprung up. And then, uh, and then I had a couple of doctors that thought it was this and then it was that and thought it was this and it turned out not. And then, and then Bichette's sort of like went to sleep for a while. And then it woke up again in like 2012 um, and I had a really bad flare. And it's usually around when my immune system is like completely down, like flu or anything like that. Right. Um, and uh, it was a, a, for a lot of people, men and women that live with Bichette's disease, it has to do with your research. Sometimes you like meet somebody that says, hey, have you thought, have you brought this up to your doctor? So that's what happened basically. It was like, okay. Uh, somebody told me about this disease, it matches everything and it's the only thing that's ever matched anything. And then the doctor has to basically look at your medical history because there's no blood test for it um, and say, yeah, this is definitely it. And then they'll look at the photos of your ulcers and they'll look at this and they'll be like, this is what it is. And so then I was put on the wrong meds, which sucked um, for a while. Um, and then, and, and I mean, you know, fast forward to now, American Ninja Warrior allowed me to be vocal about it because, you know, it, it really is the obstacle in my life um, that allows me to, uh, well, I mean, it, it basically just allowed me to open up to another forum of human beings that have the same disease as me. You know, once I started talking about it uh, as an athlete uh, and as a woman, people started to come and, and message me from everywhere. I mean, I just got a message this morning from somebody from Tunisia, um, or maybe it's India, sorry. Um, 
And, uh, and I realized I'm not going to shut up about it. I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to say, Hey, I've got this disease. This is what helps. And now there's a group of people that I talk to every day. We're on a Bichette's forum. It was some guy from, there's somebody from Germany, somebody from Ireland, somebody from Pennsylvania, et cetera. Um, and all these Bichette's warriors, which is what we call ourselves have come together. Um, and I also support the American Bichette's disease association. Um, and uh and became vocal you know about symptoms and and whatnot i i have helped somebody to get diagnosed um because they didn't know what they had and one of their friends messaged me so it's really been i think a, a blessing um a curse and a blessing you know yeah. um when we do have our our painful episodes or whatever it may be uh, we call it a flare and so i thought when i got really sick uh, this past winter. Um, and somebody sent me a care package. One of my hardcore performance teammates, Christina sent me a care package without telling me. And it like, it made my day. It made my month. And I thought, wow, a care package that makes a difference. And then I was like, I'm flaring. And I was like, we care when you flare care package. And I wanted to start something. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start a care package community. We care when you flare. And the company's called We Care When. And it's gonna be, you know, it's, I mean, it is awareness events, it's a resource community, and it's also a care package community in which we collaborate with different companies that can send a care package to somebody that's having a flare, maybe 16-year-old Elizabeth in Pennsylvania that feels like life is not worth living. But a box of, you know, a box of cookies and a card that says, you know, we, we do care, we're going through the same thing and maybe some lipstick and makeup is going to change your mindset. Um, so that happened. I, I got uh, the first packages that went out was when I got a message from Sweet Bee Magic on my, on my athletes page. And they said, you know, how much is it for you to post something? And I said, well, you know what? In lieu of a fee, here's five addresses of people uh, that live with Bichette's disease. Can you send them a package? And I'll post. And that's how it got started. That and it's, you know, it's cool. still fresh. But it's moving, and and now that you know, I started a We Care When uh, Instagram page. I'm starting to get messages from people that are 15 to you know to 50, um, and uh, sort of building up a database. That is so cool. And then I think about all the different companies that I've utilized to send Mother's Day gifts or birthdays to people. Like, yeah. I feel like it's such an awesome opportunity to, like you said, to collaborate with these companies um, for this awesome cause. I, I love what you said about that this is the obstacle in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a quote I love is that uh, the obstacle is the way, right? Yeah. The obstacle is the way. And it sounds like that that's kind of what you've done with this. And instead of like hiding from this um, or not talking about it, you've utilized this as a way to go, this is the way forward and I can use what has happened to me um, for, for good um, yeah. and use it as a, that's so cool. That's I think that, that I think that's where the positivity of social media lies. Right. I think a lot of people don't like social media and it gets a bad rep because, you know, because of this, that, or the other and bullying and it, and it is, a, it can be horrible, but it can also be a place that is a resource community, you know, and where people can come together and say, I have this and you have this and let's talk about it. Right. And then, too, and I also kind of feel like you've got this great attitude, right? Because you, you start with uh, 
Michelle Elizabeth and you're working in a company that's no gossip. So like, that's how you've always viewed publication and social media from this positivity lens. I'm sure I know that that's just part of who you are, mm -hmm. but you don't come at it with the negative. You come at it with that awesome 90%. Yeah. Mental yeah. State. Yeah. I was definitely raised, you know, my, my mom and then Michelle, Michelle's the, the toughest woman I know. And I've learned everything from her. So yeah. Um, okay. So then, all right. So tell us about this 30 mile thing that you did in five freaking hours. <laughs> okay. I, well, I, props to, um, Matt B Davis of obstacle racing media. So he is doing, uh, he started the 12 hour ultra virus race because everybody was like going crazy and we're like, right. no race season because of the quarantine. Right. And so he sent me a text. I saw him post about it. And then he sent me a text. He was like, you doing the ultra? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> it was like, what's going on? And so I was like, fine, I'm going to do it. And then it sort of rolled into, I'm going to do 30 miles because my, my uh, race team, Harker Performance, a few of the, uh, my, the, my teammates signed up for it too. And everybody's like, I'm doing 50, I'm doing 25. I was like, 30 is my goal. And then I was like, wait, why aren't we doing this for good? Like, what? Right. why don't we turn this into something? So then my team who makes face masks uh, my coach, Justin Newcomb said, okay, every five miles that I run, because this race was a five mile check-in, you had to stop at five miles and, and say, Hey, I'm here. I did five miles. Here's my straw. Whatever. Right. Go back out. Um, uh, every five miles, healthcare workers that were nominated by followers on Instagram and on mud run guide, which is another uh, publication right. that I, I took over their Instagram live for the race. Oh, I checked man. in every five miles and, uh, with, with all the followers and they started to send names of, you know, a doctor in Arkansas, a nurse in Southern California, uh, you know, a nurse in, in Northern California and all those people got put into a pool. And then we had a bunch of prizes like Hoka One One, which is like one of the oh, best yeah. running sneakers ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's the Clifton or, or yeah. Evo. The con, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they were given a pair of sneakers away. So, uh, I hit the 30 mile mark. And so every mark, everybody got something. And, uh, it was definitely a big effort as far as being like, Hey, you want something? What's your address? Hey, message me back. You know, no kidding. but, uh, but it happened. Um, the 30 mile was pretty insane, uh, because I marked it around Hollywood pavement and I'm a trail runner. So the pavement sort of sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And so where, where did you market in Hollywood? I'm trying to imagine. Were you, you uh, okay, so I'm right. I'm in the heart of Hollywood. Like think Highland and, and Hollywood Boulevard is right North of me. Okay. Of so you're like sunset or somewhere mm -hmm. right? Gower yeah. that area. Right. Yeah. So my first five miles was, I went all the way down. If you go to La Cienega. Yep. And uh, down Santa Monica Boulevard and back. That's 2.5 out, 2.5 to my door. Got and it. So you that did that. Like, then I went out the other way to Vermont. Then I went up. I took I took the Instagram live uh, on a from Mud Run Guide on a tour of the Hollywood Boulevard, uh, the Netflix studio. And then I just kept doing that La Cienega for like the last 10 miles or 15 miles because yeah. I was like, this this is an easy 2.5. I'll just like sort of zone out. Um, that's amazing um it's so cool and i know like you do take 
energy from all those people that you're doing it for, right? Like, I mean, that, people hear 30 miles and it sounds so hard and that's absolutely crazy um, and so impressive uh, of a, a feat of endurance. Um, but I know that like you took comfort in that, right? Like you've got those people that you're running with you. Um, yeah. they, those help keep you, keep your legs moving. Yeah. Because, you know, I think like even, you know, just one message from Dr. Cobb, uh, Dr. Valencia, she's an internist, internal medicine in Arkansas. And she, so she won a box of jewelry and she, I got a message from her and she, you know, just saying, you know, basically it's the little things that count, you know, and you guys thinking about us, it makes us makes our day better because we don't know what they're going through when everything was crazy and the ERs were filling up. And, you know, this doctor that works on this actually had to just drop everything and work on COVID-19 patients, you know? So yeah, it definitely was fueling for sure. For sure. I'd love to hear um, your, your, your pro team, hardcore performance, you mentioned them and then you're, you're wearing the, the hoodie right now, but with time, uh, just kind of tell us about, uh, tell us about them and what they do to support you and kind of how having those people in your corner help you achieve your goals. Yeah. When I did, um, the USAOCR, uh, national championships, which, which teamed up with Spartan, uh, in 2018, I met, uh, Dustin Newcomb who started, um, a hardcore performance, which is an obstacle racing, uh, team and, and company. Uh, I signed with them because I loved what they stood for uh, as a, a community because uh, obstacle course racing is a small community. So, yeah. you know, we're either going to be competitive and, and not be nice to each other. Or we're going to be competitive and we're going to support each other. Totally. And so that's what hardcore performance does. Um, and they became my family. I mean, I, you know, talk about meeting people that love to wake up at sunrise and run like, you know, crazy elevation in mountains, just like you. Yeah. 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 Where have you been all my life? I know. <laughs> and, then, and then they eat donuts. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I've been with them and, and, um, and, and they're all great. Uh, you know, and then I met it's Boba time mostly because I just always drank it's Boba time, um, on Instagram. And then I ended up, uh, you know, connecting with the CEO and with Michelle of their uh, PR marketing team, different Michelle, and, uh, and became uh, a sponsored by them, nice. which was pretty uh, uh, incredible, you know, as far as, you know, them supporting me with my gear and with my races and getting power and getting me to my races. Right. Um, and uh, it turns out a lot of people love Boba. So that's always great. Who thought it and instead of Gatorade? <laughs> I need to try some boba. I've never tried it. Full transparency. I'm going to give you some cards. I'm going to send you some cards. Do it. I would love to try it. Um, yeah. And um, and I think a lot of people don't realize like the the cost associated with the travel, with the gear, with your nutrition, getting you to a place, um, and then all the things, all those steps. A lot of times, just getting to the race itself and running is um, the happy point in all that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know gear and jackets are expensive um and uh and definitely driving all the time like to races i mean i think i you know i, I usually drive like four or five hours a weekend you know wherever i'm going so gas money helps <laughs> gas money helps yeah. um we're about out of time unfortunately but i would yeah. love to rapid fire a couple questions at you let's go let's do it okay 
best best Spartan or obstacle course racing experience, memory, moment, whatever that is, the best moment you've had in obstacle course racing? Okay, I could say that it's like when I won stuff, but I'm actually going to say when it's when I didn't. Because yeah. the very first one that I did, 2017 Castaic Lake uh, Elite, I did a, a, like 190 burpees, okay? Yes. I've All been right. There I've been there I before. I was like, oh, crap. Uh, I don't know how to climb a rope. I don't know rings. Yeah. I don't know this. I don't know that. I can't spare throw. And so that sort of just fueled me to start training it. It should just go for it. That's I awesome. had fun doing all those burpees, by the way. <laughs> you have to at some point. Like I've always said that, like when you're just getting, when I'm just getting destroyed and things aren't going the way you wanted to, and you're just doing burpee after burpee, and you're like, I'm gonna smile and just em embrace this. <laughs> it's Definitely have photos of me like slightly crying, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of all of it. Uh, worst, worst obstacle course racing experience. Oh, what was the worst one? Oh man. Oh man. Uh I don't know, like Le Lebec. What about what if it was that I just didn't get to race slow, San Luis Obispo? That's the worst. When you really want to be there and you yeah. want to, you want to feel that energy yeah. of all the Spartans, and then you just and then it got canceled. That's the worst. That's <laughs> the worst. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um favorite exercise for you and your training like your, your go-to always in your program no matter what's going on whether or not you've got access to a gym whatever it is is there a go-to exercise for you that's kind of non-negotiable in your program yes um well stretching i think is the biggest stretching breathing oxygen to the brain and also just getting out to nature trails yeah. uh, that is always a go-to every week must be out in nature must hit that elevation love that elevation um best purchase you've made in the last three months for under 25 dollars oh man i was gonna say my garmin but that's not it that's a good one that, that'll be <laughs> the more expensive one under 25 i got it um it's 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 got to be uh, it's it's got to be a sack of clementines because nice. yeah because instead of like me going for like all the chocolate covered almonds i'm like that clementine's pretty yummy it is. You get, get the good vitamin C. Very mm -hmm. good. Um, and Garmin, I know, I would say in the last 12 months, best purchase I made was my Garmin as well. It, it's, cool. it's, it's such a, yeah, it's a, it's a game changer. Game changer. Um, favorite quote? Um, Joe DeSena, uh, Spartan Race founder, has so many amazing quotes. Uh, I'm going to go with enthusiasm makes hard stuff easier. I love okay. that. You know, that. you got, you got to be, he's about tough and I am, you know, I, I smile and I'm, you know, whatever. And I hug people, but I am a tough person. So I am, want everybody around me to be tough. I want my friends to be tough and I want my family to be tough. And, uh, you know, I also want people to be enthusiastic about what they do. So, yeah. I love that. I, I always have it on my bio. It's his quote is being healthy should never be embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that till I'm blue in the face and people like, look at me like, I'm crazy when I'm doing burpees in the airport before I get on a plane. And I'm like, I'm not going to be embarrassed by this. Uh, I, you pack your food to go to, to go to work. I said this to clients, you pack your food, you go to work and everybody's like, Oh, we're going out to eat. You're like, you know what? No, I'm gonna eat my salad. Don't be embarrassed by that. Being healthy no. should never be embarrassing. Going for a walk, being healthy should never be embarrassing. Well, cause being healthy is also being tough, you know, as well. You know, you're, you're getting ready. You're getting ready to, to be the best human that you can be physically and mentally, you know? 
Yeah, he had a good. He one. also says uh, one other quote is, "Life is tough. You got to be tougher," and I like that as well. Yeah, yeah, he had one this morning. I read it. It was, uh, uh, you, 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 it's not you only live once. You live every single day. You die once. Make the most of your time. Yeah, um, flipping it the other way. All right, last question. Go to workout song. You got like one song to get you going, to get you jamming. Anything you're jamming on right now? I love Rage Against the Machine. Nice. It's not very like it's not very kid friendly, um, but Killing in the Name of. It's, it's not that's not friendly at all, but I love it because right. it just like gets you going. You're like, <laughs> I get it. I uh, Breakdown by Guns N' Roses is one. If I'm like, I got to get it going. Yep, crank right. it up. Crank it up. Okay, Papa Roach. Why not? Yeah, anyway. that right. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's definitely been on some playlists before. Oh yeah. my goodness, Pamela. This was so much fun. I could have kept talking to you all day, but we so appreciate you joining us. This Thank was you. Awesome. You know why? Because we, we got to get together and talk racing, running, food, Dude, everything. All of it. All of it. I know. I know. Um, well, cool. And Pamela, where can people find you on Instagram? If they want to follow your story, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at Pam Adrenaline, as in Pam and Adrenaline, Pam Adrenaline on Instagram and We Care When. If you want to follow LATF USA and Hollywood Beauty Awards, we're all that on Instagram, Facebook, and websites. Awesome. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Um, thanks again, Pamela. And uh, I am excited to a world in which we get to do a race together. I appreciate I can't wait. Can't wait. I appreciate uh, what you're doing with uh, with Elevate Your Health and everything. So Elevate. Elevate. Thanks so much, Pamela. Have a great day. Bye. You too.